drive past the Pentagon and there is no trace of the plane that crashed into its walls almost 19 years ago. But drive 3 minutes down the road to Reagan National Airport and the scars of September 11 are everywhere. Shoes off, jackets off, belts off, toothpaste out, hands up and empty your water bottle. The wounds have healed but the scars have lasted. Today on the Wisdom Project podcast we talk about the idea of wounds healing but scars lasting hello and welcome to the wisdom project podcast today we are here to talk about the idea of wounds healing and scars lasting Uh, but before that let me introduce myself i am ayush i am aditi and we are co-creators of the wisdom project so uh, morgan housel is one of our favorite writers uh, he is with the collaborative fund and he writes brilliantly about finance and uh, he is a great student of history as well he draws uh, great parallels from uh, history and applies those insights to the finance world of today uh he's written this article about wounds healing and scars lasting uh, in the context of covid-19 and uh, uh the scars the financial scars mostly uh, that he thinks will last uh, for a long time in our future uh we wanted to borrow this idea and talk about our opinion uh, and in an indian context uh, so uh, i think uh, talking about Uh, First of all, do you believe that wounds heal and scars last as a concept generally? Oh, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> so uh, there are two points to this. Uh, first is that uh, Indians uh, or humans in general uh, can get used to anything. Uh, so uh, we are built to adapt and change. Um, that's how evolution has worked. Uh, so the technically the wound, every wound actually uh, changes us uh, in some direction, and and we evolve into something else. uh but the second point is that uh, what we take from that wound uh, and uh, how we change our behavior uh, forever in many ways uh is this the scar that that lasts long uh, and really really long uh so yes definitely i do believe in that uh, context and uh, i think as uh, so let's just uh, get into the uh, show that the things that we talk want to talk about the first thing uh as indians perhaps the biggest wound that we have faced uh, culturally uh, as a nation as a people is the wound of partition uh, in 1947 uh, and uh, so, so yeah we see the results of that uh, we see the scars of that wound till date in the uh, every other prime time uh, news channel wherein <laughs> the news yes. many a times uh, is constitutes more about what is going bad with pakistan rather than then what's good about us. somehow we derive a lot of pleasure and in and it's the same way on the other side of the border as well ha huh, correct uh, i mean it's so uh, it's so weird that the uh, culturally the people are very similar uh, both india and pakistan but uh, because of that fracture that fragmented uh, subcontinent uh, created in 1947 the hatred is so much uh and we we see that in uh, in in sport in india pakistan cricket matches uh, we see that in uh, as you said on our tv channels and we see that in our geopolitics uh, we see that among the people even i think uh the show at atari border that happens our soldiers and i have a lot of respect for our soldiers but uh, the 
it's basically a competition that of flamboyant uh, uh, show uh, every evening that happens uh, in the atari border i think it's vaga border uh, no vaga it's popularly known as vaga popular. border but uh, the indian side of it is uh, is called atari uh, so i think what happens there is uh, your uh, it's a show of patriotism and nationalism and somehow you're saying that one country is greater than the other and in the, this is the 21st century uh, we all love our nations but i think we all have to uh, get past uh, this uh, notion that we are we are better than the other person we have to get better at being ourselves uh then being bet- better than someone else anyways so i mean i mean that is a that is a wound that that is going to leave scars uh, which are going to define uh, what uh, india and pakistan become in the future so there was this interesting uh, take by jp narayan right in one of the podcast by amit verma wherein he says that we have not done justice to our history by we have somehow tried to you know put uh, put it under, under the carpet that we face such a such a major issue so we could have you know dealt with it better as a culture by talking more openly about it we just want to so his uh, jp narayan's opinion there is that we just want to forget that something like this ever happened we don't yes. want to talk about it and probably that is why it has le- left the scars which are so deep somehow it feels like even that wound itself has not healed i think yeah i think there's a good example of german dealing with the nazi holocaust in a much better manner where they accepted their history uh, they have apologized multiple times to the world and to the uh, to the jews and country like poland uh, and they have made their peace with it and they have moved on from it uh, same with i think america and the vietnam war is like that uh, but india somehow is as uh, not and pakistan is worse in that Pakistan again, see, we are doing the same thing probably yeah we, we are again deriving some pleasure about Pakistan doing much no, worse no, than I'm we are no i'm not deriving any pleasure out of it i'm just as a as a rational comparison i think pakistan no. is a lot worse there all of the, all of their politics is anti india uh, india uh, uh, thankfully was uh, all of its politics does not rely on pakistan uh, at least till the recent past till the last 10 10 years uh, ago our politics was not just about pakistan but now slowly over the last couple of years or 3 years for, since i think uh, a lot of pakistan has entered our drawing rooms more than we would like to and i don't know what this this wound of partition what else are we going to see in the future right. another major uh, wound that uh, Uh, that comes to mind when we talk about wounds and scars is the kashmiri pandit exodus in 1990s so yeah 89 and 90 uh-huh. i think was the time yeah uh-huh. so basically uh, so we may see a lot of kashmiris uh, kashmiri pandits settled uh, all across the country and probably leading all across the world in fact uh-huh. yeah. probably leading normal lives uh but uh, the but the scars are still there you talk about the the sequence of uh, major events that took uh, that uh, happened after kashmir pandit exodus was has shaped the nation as we are today so talk about uh, the babri masjid demolition and subsequent riots and then the subsequent uh, bombay blast bombay, bombay blast. blast that happened and then the riots that happened and they have come to define the the whole uh 
the hindu muslim rivalry that is that is created that is benefiting both the political sides or probably and that I, I, i think i'm not sure that it will be fair to say that it started with the kashmiri pandit exodus uh, some people would like to say that it goes uh, much farther even to the shabano case uh, with rajiv gandhi but uh, and uh, but i think the the wound of the kashmiri pandit exodus is very very deep uh, No, so among need, the people that it has affected in fact the people who it has not affected and so as so is the babri masjid wound uh. so uh, you talk about the generation our parents generation who are currently in their 50s and 60s they talk a lot about so whenever you try to discuss the secular nature of the nation with them they, there never is a point wherein uh, this point of babri masjid demolition or the kashmiri pandit exodus doesn't come into the context so it's like it has defined what the hindu muslim relationship in india is like and uh, now again we see the same we see similar thing happening even the something as neutral and as democratic if as i may say secular, corona, as, as secular as corona virus or covid 19 even that has taken a communal color here so yeah that, that is a scar that is uh, that is really very apparent and uh, defines a lot of that happens in the in the subcontinent and uh, yes uh, the, that scar is definitely a lasting one yeah both and i mean babri masjid in itself i mean you can't put out a judgment uh, and say that ram mandir can be built and uh, you know and i i somehow can, feel the courts can put out a judgment no no i'm what i'm saying is that you can't just put out a judgment and say that things are fine i mean uh, somehow i think uh, with the whole babri masjid uh, ram mandir issue we have somehow uh, legalized or we have uh, you know normalized uh, violence of one community uh, over the other Uh, which is not right i think uh, that's uh, what we have uh, done with a lot of issues we are just trying to you know in, in an effort to move away from it so if you look at all the speeches that came out of it, it was like you know let's move on we have we have you know uh, we have hold, held on to this for a very long time let's move on and try to uh, let's let's move away from this thing and which may which may not be the best way to deal with it i don't know we have still not accepted or apologized for the for the mis for the misdoings of beat the kashmiri pandit exodus or beat babri masjid or any other so we are not apologizing we are just saying you know let's forget it whatever happened happened let's forget it move on which is where the problem is yes yes because uh, i think somehow everyone realizes that this is a very sensitive issue and things can go really bad if we start you know speaking uh, ugly things to uh, just just to get the uh, get the truth out but i think i still think justice should be done and uh, currently the, with all the honor to the honorable supreme court the justice has not been delivered uh, in this Let, let's not make this political i don't want to make this political okay let's talk uh, let, so let's move on let's yeah, move on yeah, to yeah. other rather non political or i don't know if it's not <laughs> non political which is probably our uh, primitivity with respect to nuclear technology so what do you say about that yeah so i think uh, we had hiroshima and nagasaki where america dropped the atom bombs on japan to end the world war 2 and uh, that was the first taste with nuclear energy or nuclear power or the potential of uh, this technology and uh, i think we just 
you know, he set back 70, 80 years uh, of this technology with just just that one event. I mean, he was so scared. Even of... till date, the, you talk about nuclear. The first word that comes to the mind is Hiroshima, Nagasaki, or Chernobyl, for or that Chernobyl matter. for that matter. Now we... with the TV show, Chernobyl is a, is an all time hit. So we may not be able to name the seven nuclear power plants in India, or what? I don't even know the number of yeah, it. But uh, we definitely this is not know... a GK podcast. Okay? So we don't have to answer this question. So whatever. So but we do. So whenever we think about nuclear energy, we, we think de- devastation. We imagine devastation. We don't see as a power. We don't see it as something that can benefit. Uh, you know, the benefit the yes, humanity. Yes, or yes. so if nuclear energy done right, it can solve. almost all of our climate change issues it can replace uh, fossil fuel energy and uh, you know reduce our carbon footprint by a huge margin we just need to build that tech uh, and one of the issues so we watched we did was this in the bill gates uh, uh biographical inside with uh, uh, the docu docu series about uh, bill gates on netflix uh, where he says that uh, because of uh, the events of uh, hiroshima nagasaki people uh, you know we signed a nuclear non proliferation treaties and you know getting hand your hands on nuclear energy Uh, was so difficult uh, we set our technology back by so much that uh, now the the nuclear reactors uh, that are functioning today are all are soviet era nuclear reactors you know 30 40 years ago our compute we will not use a computer from 30 40 years ago but we are using a nuclear reactor which is from 30 40 years which ago. is very which is very primitive and i think the main reason is we are very very scared to to make any progress in that even if there are you know nuclear scientists we somehow imagine that to be mad scientists and who are planning the second attack you talk about uh, whenever you think about a nation trying to uh, empower itself with nuclear energy you imagine itself generate uh, having nuclear weapons rather than uh, imagining you know nuclear power plants to generate more clean electricity so that is how that is how it has scarred us that the, the events of hiroshima nagasaki or chernobyl have that's how those the wounds have healed so the people the people so may japan have japan has come back i mean japan's economy has came back and then went down, went and, down and, and, and then came back again i mean yeah so the, that country has dealt with it and uh, it's it's going all right is going well but somehow uh, we but are the just cars uh, that 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 those two bombs that uh, have left has really you know uh, i don't know till when we'll keep seeing this uh, effects of those cars Hmm. So I think we will need more people like Bill Gates who who are promoting with all their influence the nuclear energy and probably once we have some enough number of uh, some you know enough weightage on that part of the problem then we will probably see ourselves. We did talk about this point in one of our wisdom letters, initial wisdom letters that we did about climate, climate change. change. Uh, we'll, we'll try to link that with in the show notes. And we will link they, that with the show notes. Okay, <laughs> all that all we'll do it, uh, and uh, the audience can take a look at it. so to- coming back to the morgan household ka uh, actually before that we should uh, talk about the corona virus covid 19 uh, uh, crisis that we are going on right, going on right now and in india what wounds we see uh, and the scars that will last because of those wounds and uh, uh, it's too early to say uh, let's I, just say that it's too early to say anything about it right now we are recording this on april 10th uh, april 10th uh, and uh, the i mean we don't know when this will end and we are in lockdown for like uh, last 16 17 days now mm. as a nation and we don't know how long uh, the 
the crisis will last. But the current situation in Italy or in America or in Spain, for that matter, is it doesn't give us any hope that it is gonna uh, be over soon or anything like that. Um, China is a different story altogether. Uh, we can discuss that on some other other day on some other context. But uh, yeah, so it's a do- wound definitely. In fact, uh, with a already slowed economy. uh from demonetization to uh, to gst and then now to covid 19 yeah, triple threat triple threat uh, so yeah. trifecta you yeah, say a tri- right? a trifecta of uh, of issues uh, triple headed dragon actually uh-huh. so we we were already so this is so, uh, triple headed dragon for our small and medium businesses yeah let's yeah. we'll get to that point that you want to talk about that uh, a small and medium businesses will be hit big time uh, with this Uh, some may never be able to you know to fa- uh, to, to, to come back. come come back and uh, i guess uh, those cars when, when we see a lot of businesses going down and the the kind of uh, explosion we'll see in unemployment rates yes. is uh, uh, i mean it can have serious social repercussions and uh, obviously economic repercussions and sure. social repercussions and unemployment rates will be an all time high for a long long time because of this people will be afraid of starting businesses because uh, the nature of the crisis is such that you start a business uh, let's say somebody started it 6 months ago or 8 months ago one year ago a manufacturing business i'm not talking about startups okay startups will go dry but their founders will survive and live uh, because they backed by vc money but uh, think about uh, an average middle class guy starting up a manufacturing unit somewhere in uh, you know banaras or barabanki or somewhere uh, and uh, what happened to that business suddenly all his labor is gone uh, there is no demand for his product uh, there is no uh, material for him to source uh, from and to you know make some make some money from somewhere uh, what will happen to that businessman and uh, and we say businessman quote and quote businessman but he's a he's a middle class guy trying to make a living for himself and he he has and modi ji wants to you know encourage him with the idea of entrepreneurship and make in india and what not but all all of that will take a big hit now so yeah i think uh, we already are known to be a more you know service oriented nation so a lot of, a lot of our gdp is uh, comes from our service industry so basically matlab on the ground speaking we see a lot more people doing jobs than people you know doing uh, working in manufacturing units or something like that i think and that will see... increase a lot now with uh, people craving for the safety and the security of a job and especially of a government job you know we have seen already we've seen instances of people with phd's applying for a peons job in a government office just because it pays uh, a, a, a regular a, salary, a regular salary for a long time and you know you can have a comfortable life with that and uh, or maybe not i mean yeah i mean that's that's subject to interpretation ha uh-huh, right so so i mean uh, we associate uh, a a regular uh, guaranteed source of income as uh, as uh, comfortable life quote unquote yes, yes. so uh, that is so we may see more of it people will be well, that's what our speculation is that people will be more averse to you know uh, taking that plunge into their uh, entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurial is the way winning <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yes people will be less uh, entrepreneurial if i pronounce it right yes 
Okay. Uh, moving on, so now let's move on to Morgan's points that uh, he has written in his article, and mostly related to finance, and mostly uh, related to uh, in the context of America. But still, he makes uh, brings out great great insights. And the first thing that he talks about is that we'll come up with a generation of super savers, uh, you know, who'll uh, who'll avoid leverage and are less swayed by opportunity costs. So uh, I think that's a brilliant point, and and he goes on to explain it by saying that uh, there's a generation now that has seen the 2008 crisis, and now is seeing going through the COVID-19 crisis, and that generation will be like, what the heck, man? Whatever we do, and you know, how can you know money just go away like that? And he con- builds a nice contrast with the 2008 crisis, where he says that uh, in 2008 there was at least. uh the decline was slow it was over a period of 6 months 8 months one year uh, that uh, many banks were failing and financial institutions were going down and there was a recession and uh, also you could point a finger and say that okay this these are the kind of people uh, because of which this is happening and probably these are the kind of people who are suffering so yes. let's say if you were uh, if you were a risk taker and you were invested heavily in stock markets you would be suffering but to so yes a lot of uh, you know people's money have also gone to drain people who had retirement savings and all of that but generally if you are very very averse to stock markets your and if your job would not depend on it there were so there were a group of people who were affected by this and Yeah, and you could really point out point fingers to that but in this in case of covid 19 we may not be able to have uh, be able to point out fingers at one particular person it's like a what micro anti micron virus which has yeah. th- that's what the size of the but virus i think is. i think people will end up uh, pointing fingers to china in that sense you know and uh, we cannot stop pointing fingers right matlab we have no, to we po- have to we have, we have to, to the, we have to make that rationalization somehow in our own heads to make sense of we, it we just can't I mean, grapple it's a, it's a human thing we we need to point our fingers to something we need some someone need to needs to be blamed for some yes, problem yes for any crisis yes yes and it is very difficult to accept any of uh, our own problems as being our own responsibilities which is another matter for some other day let's not uh, get into that uh so he talks about uh, that the decline in 2008 was slow but the decline right now is immediate uh which is i think a very good point that some if somebody has seen his retirement savings uh, you know go down one third within a matter of days or if a business uh, was doing uh, you know record sales in february and is uh, on a brink of bankruptcy in march uh, what sort of a signal does that send out to the people uh, you know doing those businesses and investing in those accounts and right so people we will see we may see so the point that he makes is that there will be a lot of people who will just probably sit at that pile of money instead of investing it uh, elsewhere and they will not care for the opportunity cost that uh, you know i really don't know how uh, markets uh, market work they can randomly you know go to downward cycles any time any day within a matter of two days or three days i would rather sit on the pile of money and keep that for a rainy day because rainy day may come any time and i really don't know how much will it last so that was one brilliant point second point was that uh, uh, yes people will crave for a lot of uh, safety net from the government so uh, one point that he makes there is that uh, even despite extreme preparation uh, 
uh, as we as individuals may not be prepared for that unforeseen situation so we would need governments to build that safety nets so yes. in po- a good parallel that he draws is that after world war 2 so when the entire europe uh, was in uh, was in disarray was going down europe was 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 going down after world war 2 yeah, and the us was rising and uh, yeah the, the parallel that is that is made is that that gave rise to a lot of welfare states in uh, in europe and uh, where uh, people craved social and personal security from their governments and the governments uh, the structures that are built uh, within governments uh, after that was because of that in the sense of uh, you know the government takes care of the healthcare of the education uh, and, uh, and uh, unemployment know, st- unemployment benefits are there and uh, uh, benefit for uh, pensions uh, uh, is there for old uh, retired uh, people and you don't see any of this in the united states because they did not go through the same evolution that the that europe did yes so uh, so that is again uh, so uh, that is how world war shaped uh, europe differently than how it shaped the us so yes yeah, so that was a very interesting thing and he gave he gives a very important example that when your desire when you when there's a correlation between your desire and your outcome your decisions and your outcome decisions i yes yes decisions and your outcome then uh, then there's a less less set of a desire for to a social safety net so what he's saying is that uh, when i'm sure that if i work hard i will get money and i'll live a pros- prosperous life I'm uh, more likely to work hard. Uh, I'm more likely to work hard, and I'm less likely to uh, expect anything from anything from the government. Uh, in that sense, uh, I know that this is what I have to do. I'll lead a prosperous life. Prosperous life. So, But if uh, if there is no certainty in that, that even if I work hard, then also I might not, you know, live a prosperous life. I might not get that money, or my money will just vanish uh, the next day. Uh, then I'm not so sure. Then I need the government to back me up on this. so it's like uh, uh, so in indian context uh, there are a lot of uh, you know in generally in middle class and rather the privileged people they would always say that you know see we worked hard and this is what we have achieved yes. and they would look at you know the poorer section of the society with a contempt that they they are not really working hard you see yeah they If, want to lack of the, the the and you know slack off from work and they're not hard working and they are lazy and and they are they are all why are they always looking at the government to support them and uh, we look at uh, so a lot many of us look at that section of society with a lot of contempt because because we have seen our uh, you know our decisions leading to positive outcomes therefore we have less regard for social uh, social security on the other hand the section of the society who despite all their efforts doesn't really see the positive outcomes is like i really don't know whether my doing how much will my doing affect my you know my results my welfare so i rather have a better safety net with the government i would want government to back me up in those days uh, so yeah. i think that's a great point uh, and uh, this is a good time for us to uh, end the podcast uh, and, uh, and these are the scars that will last uh, for a long time and these are just couple of things that we think uh may happen and there are a lot more things that will happen we'll we'll only know when we see the end of correct these are these are mere speculations and i think uh, again so it's a podcast about an article so i mean all the listeners here would should definitely read that article oh yes definitely i mean without that article it, it is just a you know two random people talking so we love the idea of wounds and scars and so we want to talk about it that that was Why so yeah so the article will also be linked from the show notes and show will be the re- related content 
uh, do share your uh, feedback on what you think of this uh, this idea of uh, wounds and scars and about uh, you know the vision project or this particular vision podcast, podcast and this we love to hear feedback and we love to take action on it and uh, improve ourselves and Um, and we love to hear from people in general and we'd love to talk to you so yes i think that should end the podcast yes okay thank you thank you so much everyone goodbye goodbye stay safe stay home stay home